0: So, Dirk, thank you for having me. I'm not sure why I came, but maybe the spirit of the season got the best of me. So,
1: this is where you live. You said it. Yep, this is the Casa de D, Brad. That wall turns into my bed, and that sink turns into my laundry machine, and sometimes that sink turns into my toilet. Pretty fancy, huh? You've done a lot with the space. Lots of stacking. One man's box is another man's
0: table. Speaking of, are you sure you don't want to sit down? Having you
1: standing over me is a little unsettling. Nonsense. You're the guest. You get the chair. Otherwise, this would be weird. How's the soup? Oh, yes. The soup. It's very unique. Lots of ingredients. You don't even know the half of what's in that bowl. We have that in common. Where did you prepare this dish? Me? Oh no, no. That came from the lady down the hall who I helped move heavy stuff. It's also from the guy upstairs who's a fan of the show. And a little from the unguarded delivery bike I walk by on my way home. Once I mix them together, it's pretty much a soup. My best yet. How thrifty.
0: I'm detecting notes of cabbage and some Cinnamon red onion, and what has to be cake sprinkles.
1: Oh yeah, the pot I mixed them in is where I keep all my emergency sprinkles. I wonder where those had run off to. Boy, you got a sharp palate there, Rust. That's probably why they all call you old tasty good rusty. I'm positive they don't. Is the music okay? Yes, it's not bad at all. Oh, good. I hate it. The neighbors
0: play it all the time. Dirk, I'm learning more about you than I thought I had interest in. But I just have to come right out and ask. As much as I am honestly, genuinely flattered you invited me into your home for a meal, what made you ask?
1: Well, Nate was my first real bring him home friend, and he's probably in space jail now, so my options were either break space law and meet him in the clunker, or rub up against the next best guy. You already stabbed me to death once, and I felt pretty confident that lightning wasn't going to strike twice. I'm sorry again things turned out that way both of those times. Hey, I get it. I mean, were some of the most tragic events of my life directly crafted by your hand? Yes. But you didn't do them to hurt my feelers. You were just being you. Maybe even trying to help. Well, that was certainly my intent. I just didn't know you lived like this. What do you mean like this? Awesomely? Free neighbor food, toilet sinks, and wall beds? A chair that only has two rats living in it? I should probably be going, Dirk. Ah, come on. Stick around for a while. They'll play some even worse music soon. I can scrape some more soup out of the sprinkle pot. I even have a third beer in the fridge bath. No, I really must. Please stay. I- I'm-, I'm pretty sure the rats are going to bang tonight. It's the funniest thing. I-, I just watch and laugh and laugh. Watching rodents breed is not on
0: my to-do list for the evening. Thank you, Dirk. Thank you for sharing your home and your food. I'll see you at work next week. Good night.
1: Read. These are both dude rats. Oh well, more chair for me. Ah. Oh man, he hardly touched his neighbor's soup. Looks like someone's getting a special wet breakfast. Score. (sighs) Good night, Rusty. Good night, chair rats. Night. For thy love of God, turn the music down! (sighs) Ah. Looking up.
0: The stabilizing reality of walls and a floor melt away into darkness. Your sense of placement in space is choked to the point of gasping for breath, the breath of reality. Shapes are carved out of the shadows, and the ground becomes solid beneath your feet. An eerie chill fills the air as towering trees loom overhead, branches outstretched and tangled, alive with decay. Thick vines hang down heavy and swaying, like the ornaments of the gallows. The grass beneath your feet is dry and tall, past your ankles. Rough stones and packed dirt seem to hold this grim memory of vegetation aloft. Something important is missing here. Color. Everything is a weak shade of gray, robbed of all vibrance. The night hangs heavy and thick between the branches overhead. A world of black and white. Sadness and decomposition. But you stand out. Vibrant colors head to toe. Teals and bronzes. Leather and plate. Alive. Radiating the fact that you don't belong here. Iavos's voice catches the wind and fills your ears. A place that feeds upon the lost, and wears the colors of the night. Where sap is blood, and dew is frost, and shadows terrorize your sight. Into the blackwood you now tread. Your fear and doubts you cannot hide. So keep your wits about your head. Herein, where father's father died. Find your way, my friends. Your objective is to advance through the black wood, but it's a leap of faith. All directions lead to some form of darkness and fear. The trees move without warning. The path twists and winds like serpents. To advance through the woods, I'm going to have you all take turns drawing a card. You will either make progress or you will take a toll, and you must face your next challenge carrying the burdens of the sorrow you find along the way. So how these are going to work is you'll each take turns grabbing one of the cards. Some of them have advancement and some of them have a toll you will have to pay along the way. And you do not know the number of advances you need to make before you reach the end of the first trial. And there's going to be a lot of narrative in this one. So feel free to flavor things that happen as much as you want. It'll be as much in your hands as it is mine because, you know, your characters, fears and cautions more than I do. Oh, boy. So let us begin with Halifon.
2: All right. There's a tree on the back. And it says, advance, on the front.
0: Excellent. Taking the role of team leader, Halifon blazes bravely into the shadows, leading the group, following his gut, and lo and behold, perhaps dumb luck, or perhaps keen intuition, you seem to avoid the shadows that linger in the distance, for now.
3: I am pretty dumb. Benny, you you think Ayavis' gift to Hal, foreshadowing that he is to be our leader, was all part of his dungeon? I
4: would not assume that that was Ayavos's intent. Ayavos' intent. Iavos thinks in patterns, forms, almost stories, similar to how I do. I think he sees an archetype in Hal. Or, perhaps, dumb luck has just always been Hal's strength. What a foreboding
3: place.
0: Next up, we will have Gaspar
3: making sure we don't turn around and walk in loops Gaspar is going to snap a few branches strategically to make a trail it says advance
0: you reach out to snap some of the low hanging branches to keep track of your path it seems to be working for a period of time you feel like you have an idea where your place is and where the center is where you're headed to But after time, you reach out to another low-hanging branch and realize This one's already been snapped, but it doesn't look familiar
3: I should not have thought that this would be that basic
0: You take your hand away, and despite the lack of color You can tell that what's on
4: your fingertips is blood
3: This forest is very much alive
4: Are you sure, Gaspar? It looks so dead Even the dark wood is not like this
3: But we must continue on, nonetheless.
4: Next, let's have Penny draw a card. As Gaspar looks at broken twigs, Penny turns in circles, not knowing which direction to go. Finally, she simply picks up one of the broken sticks, stands it on its end, and lets it fall, and heads in that direction. I drew advance. (laughs) You (laughs) fuckers! Penny takes charge next to lead the group in another
0: direction. It feels right. You couldn't say that the destination is ahead of you, but for some reason, moving your feet in this direction right now feels safe. Safer than what's behind you. And you catch a glimpse of something out of the corner of your eye which is difficult to follow. You turn your head, instinctive, wide-eyed like the keen animal you are. And for a moment, you thought you saw a figure sitting in one of the low-hanging branches, a long cloak dangling underneath them. They simply jump and disappear into the shadows hanging between the trees. You may be watched. Up next,
2: Halifon. Alright. I did not draw in advance this time. My card says power. Alright. The two of you lose sight
0: of Halifon. You swear he was just there a moment ago. And Hal, as you turn to find where your allies are, you see nothing but trees in every direction. You're not sure how much time passes. You feel lost. You feel alone. The silence is deafening. And a piece of you seems to get pulled out into the shadows. Into the blood of the trees. Into the heavy night overhead. I would like you to pick for me one of your class abilities to sacrifice for the day.
2: Ooh. Okay. So far, our trip into the woods has been going pretty well. Suddenly, Hal's isolated. The rest of the team is gone. This is unfamiliar alien territory and Hal realizes he's been a little bit reckless and tightening his grip on his halberd. He loses the ability to recklessly attack as he proceeds with more caution than Mm. anyone's accustomed to seeing him using something about the
0: overbearing silence and darkness takes away a bit of your tenacity. It makes you focus too much. There's no way you could let your guard down here. That would be the end of things. And the two of you panic for a moment as you feel that there's a creature coming from a nearby bush. that may be leaping out to strike you. But Hal emerges, dazed and confused, from out of nowhere.
2: Oh! There you are. Uh,
4: I don't know what happened there. I thought you were with me. As you barrel back onto the path, Penny is shaking, arms fully extended, with the tip of Zillos pointed in your direction. She relaxes. Oh, Halifon, thank goodness.
2: I'd, I'd keep that ready if I was you. I think this forest is just beginning to show what it has in store for us. And Hal reaches out and takes Penny's open hand.
4: Aww. She intertwines her fingers with yours. And then reaches her other hand out for Gaspar.
3: Who grabs her hand. Yes. 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 <laughs> Let's stick a little closer together. Let's just be a bit more careful.
0: As the group presses on into the unknown, hands intertwined for both safety and awareness of the space around you, the three of you can almost feel a fourth hand holding yours from some great distance. And that does bring us
3: to Gaspar for the next draw. The card I drew says fatigue.
0: Mm. For some time now, you've grown used to the feeling of not experiencing hunger, the need to draw breath, the exhaustion of tired muscles. You still get weakened, but it's not the same as it used to be. But something about this place exhausts both the life and death that you carry inside the vessel of your body. The light of your wisp seems to be fading, as though your essence is being consumed just by having the courage to step forward. You do take a level of exhaustion.
3: Perhaps we can take a... Short breather. Do you mind?
4: I have never known you to need a rest, Gaspar. Is everything okay?
3: My feet... No, my my whole body seems heavier. I think if we just take a few minutes, it will be fine.
2: As Gaspar makes this request, Hal pings out with his divine sense, and... The hairs on the back of his neck stand up and he puts a hand on Gaspar's shoulder and says I understand how you feel but this place is nowhere for us to risk I don't think we're alone here and I think staying still makes it a little too easy for something to catch up with us
3: you're right how foolish of me come on Penny lead the
0: way and that makes it Penny's turn to draw I drew fatigue. Mm. As you move to get Gaspar back on his feet and move the group forward, just contacting him, you experience what Gaspar lives with every day. The lack of breath. The lack of blood flowing through your veins. You feel it, and it lingers. It's in your mind and in your body. Your mirthful leaps feel heavy with the gravity of woe. Everything is oppressing you downward, and you, too, contract the level of exhaustion
4: penny keeps pulling at gaspar's shoulders trying to urge him along but after but a moment she too begins to sag begins to sway from side to side as she tries to move one hoof after the other she sings weakly to herself to try to keep any kind of momentum going Come on, there ain't no rest for the wicked. Mm. Fuck, these are spooky
0: trees. (laughs) (laughs) Your two allies seem beside themselves with exhaustion. Weary, struggling to move forward. How do you lead them?
2: Hal often carries things for Iavos. That's true. (laughs) Iavos isn't here, nor is his typical equipment, so... Hal's been progressively unburdening as much as he can from the other two their adventuring packs, their spare ammunition, mm. Penny's shield, to the point that he's encumbered mm-hmm, mm-hmm. with goods, trying to carry the weight of the team literally by himself.
0: Very good. I will now draw a card for you, Mr. Screenboy. Yes. Your load lightened, thanks to the strong back of Halifon Orison Jr. The weariness lessens. And for a moment, you can find some strength and resolve in the courage that Hal admits like a beacon. And You make your way further towards the heart of the Blackwood. And that is another advance for the group. Next up is Gaspar.
3: I drew an advance.
0: Ooh, now we're making some Momentum.
3: We just have to put one foot in front of the other. Thank you, Hal, for setting the example. Uh, to lighten the mood, Hal, what have you been doing for cardio? Currying this team through hero rank so far? (laughs) (laughs)
4: Jesus! That's encumbrance. (laughs) I was so cold before, but suddenly I feel burning.
2: (laughs) Oh yeah, sorry, that's probably my aura. Sometimes it goes off when I get nervous.
0: The skunk of divinity. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad we could keep you so fit. To be fair, it is uh, getting to be less of a workout. I might have to start trying to carry a fiddy in for him, too.
3: He's certainly trying to ride my coattails hard enough. Just one foot in front of the other. One rival after another. And Gaspard, through the
0: senses of your detached head, you, too catch a fleeting glimpse of a figure, this time resting at the base of a tree as though napping. And when you try to look again, they're gone. But the direction that they were in seems safer, as though almost following them is helping. Next to draw is Penelope Fawley.
4: Oh, jeez. I drew fear. Hooray. (laughs) So, Penny, all who look into the
0: black wood see something different. What appears before you, as the existence of your allies fades from your awareness, is one of your greatest fears. I would like you to describe it to me, and then tell me how you try to overcome
4: it. Black tar begins bubbling up from the dry earth, shiny, wet, bubbling, popping, moving, growing, and in it are the bones of countless creatures, songbirds, and deer, rabbits, wolves. And as it creeps slowly towards Penny, there is a voice carried in its gurgling. You are alone, it says, and alone you are nothing. Mm. Now, in facing
0: this fear, I want you to make me a saving throw, but you choose which kind of saving throw you're going to make, as you will know best what strengths you have. overcome your fears.
4: Penny's knees go weak, and a cry catches in her throat, but she stops it, pushes it down, asserts herself, and stands firmly. I am not alone. I am never alone, even when there's no one with me. I carry all of them always all of their love, all of their stories. You are nothing. I should not do my scene before I roll my save and throw. <laughs> that is a charisma save, mm-hmm. and it is a 12. 12 is the DC.
0: A. You manifest your self-awareness and cling to the memories you've gathered. Feel that link between you and... And the others, in other worlds, living as one. And you know who you are, and who you've been. And perhaps just a bit of who you may be, as the black tar sinks back into the earth, as though afraid of your confidence. Next is Hal. You both look in shock, as Penny seems to be fighting monsters you cannot see. Something behind her eyes reveals a scene playing in her mind. A gasp of breath caught in the throat a near scream and then with a stomp of a hoof against the ground she seems to ready herself and rally snapped back to reality i will now draw a card for hal because he is trapped in his cube of shame
3: it's the penalty box sin bin
0: you tighten your grip on penny's hand and urge the group forward you advance closer towards the heart of the forest You can almost feel its nearness, something empty ahead of you, something besides the cold, empty, dark shadows. Perhaps a clearing. Perhaps the presence of noise. Perhaps a light or color. But not yet. Gaspar.
3: Gaspar draws an advance. Shit. (laughs) (laughs) Gaspar keeps the mantra of one foot after another until finally the strength comes back to him he turns it into a dedicated march leaving clear footprints in the dirt as Penny twitches in response to the fears hiding in the trees he will redirect Penny in between Hal and Gaspar and keep the marching line going
0: alright Penny you're feeling yourself again it's time to draw a card. You know your destination is close.
4: What? No. Mm. What, what is this? Death. What kind of sadist, Like sadist are you? It just says wham. <laughs> 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 this card says pain. <laughs> mm.
0: Very specific. The group presses forward, still holding hands firmly. Your limbs are starting to get tired and numb, as though your legs and hands are asleep, pins and needles with every step. But your burden seems to lighten for just a moment, both Gaspar and Halifon, because Penny is no longer grabbing your hand. You look up to see one of the thick, hanging vines snap down and wrap around her neck, tangle with her antlers and lift her off the ground, forcing blue into her face, gasping for air. Penny, you take 13 psychic damage, and you are being
3: choked. Immediately, Gaspar draws his saber and tries to slash at the vines.
0: Roll me an acrobatics and an attack roll.
3: The acrobatics is a 26. Ooh. The attack roll is a 21.
0: All right. Using Halifon as a boost, you leap up off of his firm form Jumping and grabbing Penny by the waist and slicing through the vine, the two of you falling heavy to the ground, but the ringing of pain and psychic energy still echoes in Penny's ears. The vine withers and fades into nothing.
2: Hal is going to heroically catch Penny in his arms as she falls.
0: Depending on what you roll on this athletics check.
2: Yeah, depending on that.
0: Could comedically beef it. It's looking like comedic beef. (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
2: how's How's a seven total? you do break Penny's
0: fall, but not with your arms. She just lands on you like the world's worst gym mat.
4: <laughs> uh, you know, how comedic beef is not a bad nickname.
0: Ow. For a team? <laughs> <laughs> so long, fallow crown. Hello, comedic beef. <laughs> welcome, welcome to clown meat.
4: <laughs>
0: Hal, you pull Penny to her feet and yourself as well, making sure she's all right seeing that she's drawing breath, reuniting the three hands holding each other, and getting the group onward to your final advance. Hey. (sighs) Leading your allies on the final leg of this stretch of your journey. You've made it to the center of the Blackwoods. A weak and dreary clearing, illuminated by neither sun nor moon. The trees grow tall. Fungus and moss climb every surface as though watching your arrival. Two heavy stone statues embedded deep into the earth stand out from the decay, each a lovely vision of a young woman, anguish on their face, one hand outstretched in desperation, emitting a faint blue glow, the first color you've seen here in the woods, one facing north and one facing south. You didn't notice how quiet the black woods could get due to the heartbeat in your ears and the voices on the wind in your mind, until that silence is shattered by the haunting harmony of singing voices. Act One, Scene One. We find our hero, my Nominus, alone in the plane of knowledge. Adrift in a sea of accumulated lessons and found facts. He struggles, pondering and seeking, desperate and anxious. If it is not here, then wherein can it be found? If it is to be found, then if not I, who can recover it? Curses to the quill holders and tomb binders of the past for their lack of synchronous thinking. "'Perhaps I am to cobble what I seek together, like a lowly corpse-weaver, "'building a servant from the fallen fruit of mortality. "'Is such a construction as pure?' "'Just then the thought of his true love, Constance, enters his boundless mind, "'and here in the realm of knowledge the very thought of her
5: becomes manifest. "'By nominus, I beg you, give up this quest to find the equation.' You'll only find madness here on the endless shelves of what is known. My beloved, your beauty here will
0: surely deter and distract my efforts, curse my imagination, and the flawless thoughts you have carved into it. But I will not quit. It is my everything. If light and sound and breath and thoughts can be broken down into equation, then too must love be capable of a systematic definition.
5: But why? Why must you know of such things? Why can't you live on faith of the unexplainable? Bah! It must have a weight! It must have a
0: speed! Even information has a speed! A billowing chart of notes and equations lowers from the heavens, written in Binominus' own hand. If two lovers travel from opposite ends of the gamma world at the speed of sound towards one another, at what time does their shared love arrive? It could be proven that it is faster than their travel, and perhaps even arrive at their destination before they ever met and sparked this love. How can this be? It defies all reason in all dimensions, existing before you were made. Can this love be spread like a virus? It can be stronger given proximity to the one you contracted it from. Does it function as a parasite? or we the host or the plague? It must have some structure. By what elements of what
5: names is it constructed? Oh, my dear Binominus, don't you see? In being alone with these thoughts, in isolating yourself to the scriptures of the past, you are losing your most refined opportunity to explore the truths of love. Here, in my arms.
1: Mr. Thadero, can you please read from the prompter? We're, um, we're live. Yes, obviously. How else am
0: I supposed to get the first draft of my stage play The Calculations of Passion in front of the right eyes for the proper funding so that I may produce and direct it?
1: Yeah, but you gotta stop though, right? Cause this is strike three and all. Curse your lack of passion for the arts. <sighs> Long Swords
0: and Great Swords. Two beloved classics for Fighter and Paladin alike. But what has happened to the hand-and-a-half sword of yesteryear? It seems to have been swept under the rug like so much Danish crumb. Well, the story is one hell of a... Bastard.
5: We're about to witness a planar phenomenon. A keyhole between worlds that only marketing can penetrate. Join me as we glimpse into... The Adverse. Hello? Hello? Is anyone there? Be gone from this place. None are allowed in these chambers. But I came to see them, to watch them sway and hear their song. So the legends of the keeper in the tower are true. You must be him. I said be gone from this place. I mean you no harm. Please, I will not tell your secret. I beg you to let me see them. Fine, but quickly. Then you will be gone and hold your devious tongue. Thank you, friend. By what name are you called? I am called Quasi Scroto, and these are the balls of Jodstradam. They're huge, breathtaking. Look how they sway. You tend to the balls? Each and every day. It is my task. I wring the balls. I dust the balls. I mop them clean of their midday dews. They're a bit... smelly. Like... dogwood trees and old ham. I clean them the best I can. I scrub and I scrub till they glisten. With that dirty old slop bucket? No wonder the balls have that swang and stank. You need to get to Manscaped. Manscaped? Yes, personal grooming products to help keep balls clean, smelling fresh and free of fuzz. No fuzz? Clean and shiny? Can it be true? It can be. The Lawnmower 4.0 has ceramic blades with skin-safe technology that make buzzing in the ball tower a breeze. And the cologne's body wash and lotions give them a freshness never before experienced. The performance package also comes with a nose trimmer, boxer briefs, and more. Oh, how I wish to see the balls shine in the morning light, to feel their surface free of hair and blemish, and to smell their freshness. Just use code LUQ for 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com. I shall cast out the funk. No odor will be welcome here. Stink should win! Thank you, Manscaped.
0: Hey there, cuties. Tonight we're going to mid-roll like it's 1999. Well, a new year is upon us, and that means a whole new year of LUQ. I don't know if anyone's ready, but I know we'll do our best, no matter what happens. Especially if we have you by our side. All the info you need is on the LUQ.com to learn more about the show and how to support it and the actors involved. The best way to do this is with our Patreon. You get loads of D&D content and bonus material, and at the highest tiers, you get to make a character to join the battle axis and become part of the show's meta. Or you can be mentioned during the mid-roll with your legendary team. Our current legendary teams are the Titans Rise, the Forgotten Legacy, the Ceaseless Horde, and the Twilight Concord with Eerie Lunar Rose, Maisie, and Korgoth. A new year means new potential fan art, which means the address you need to know is P.O. Box 230091 Tigard, Oregon 97281. We're happy for any packages we get, as long as they're not homemade food or beverage. Follow us on Twitch. You get more Law, Zach, and Dana all week long. Monday nights, Dana hosts new episodes of LUQ, Wednesdays are me and Zach's cooperative Pokemon Nuzlocke, and Thursday nights, Dana does Penny Plays. You can also join Zach during the week for some workout and video game streams and me in the mornings for whenever I have time before work to stream either Death's Door or Minecraft 1.18 because I haven't played it yet and that sounds fun. Please check out our Twitter to see who won our big Spirits Rest 2021 Kraken Dice giveaway. I can't wait to get all the info I need and start shipping out these beautiful sets of dice to our winners. Congratulations if that's you. But there's more giveaways to come. So follow us today. And one thing everyone can do is share the show with your friends. Leave a review, follow our social media. It may not seem like it, but all of these things help us so much. We're so grateful when they happen. And check out the Discord. If you do, I bet you'll stick around. But enough out of me, let's get you back to the battle axes.
5: A wicked act has just been done. The stain of sin is left behind. What can't be reached cannot be cleaned. What can't be seen is most unkind. Burn away the horrid shame. Wash clean the crevice of the night. The hands of hell will lift you up. To cut you clean and leave you right. The only price? A single soul. Unused and cruel and cast aside. Your prize... A shining, flawless hole. Abyssal cleansing turns the tide.
0: New Bedamon. The abyssal bathroom buddy who will take care of your dark side. Forget your soul, reward your whole. Get Bedamon today. song here ushers in demise, a pact of nightmares on the prowl. Their voices speak in ancient lies, like iron bars their haunted howls. Show your strength and face this foe, fight as one to last the night. Your hearts and mind your greatest tool, to find a way to spread the light. The shadows surrounding the clearing crawl heavy along the forest floor. As their woeful music fills the air. Creatures that move like serpents, slithering, draped in canine furs like a tattered blanket. Beneath the draped pelts, uncountable millipede legs scuttle through the dry undergrowth. Long, raised wolves' heads with jaws that split too far hang open as the harmony spills out. Their teeth like frosted steel, their three hanging tongues twitching in anticipation. The smell of wood fire and vinegar fills the air. Unblinking yellow eyes cut through the darkness, and pale, slender forearms ending in long fingers with too many knuckles protrude from beneath the wolves' heads, folded like a mantis in prayer. Let's roll initiative.
2: Woo.
0: So, what did folks get? Seven. Did you roll twice? No. Do oh, I get two? I mean, if you if you want to narratively say you've been reading the book, I mean that's
2: fair. All right. <laughs> <laughs> okay all right well does anybody want the seven and i'll keep the two i got a 14 <laughs> i don't think you have to give it no it's no. optional no it's optional yeah penny how'd you do
4: um well i'm nursing a wonderful eight which puts me at 12 okay so so keep your
3: seven
2: yeah, <laughs> say, i'm dead last either way so that's
3: where we want you yeah super cool. So guess bar is 18 total.
0: 18 total? All right. Well, you're still in the right order, so it doesn't. Excellent. First in the initiative is the Blackwood Terrors. Dang. The first thing they do on their turn is release their Song of Dread. I need each of you to make me a wisdom saving throw.
2: Law, I rolled a... Fail.
3: Okay. 18 minus one or 17. 14. All right. The DC is 12.
0: So Halifon... For this turn, you have the restrained condition, as the song seems to make your legs lock into place in terror, as though iron bars are gripping your feet and
2: pulling you into the earth. This explains my two-on initiative.
0: A little bit. These creatures are now going to move, and they have a very weird move mechanic. They simply, well, bear with me on this one. They can move up to 40 feet in any direction, teleporting, as long as someone isn't looking directly in that direction. You can see a dark shape appear behind the two statues ahead of you, hiding in their shadows. And suddenly, from right behind you, three of them emerge from your very own cast shadows, created from the blue light emitting from the statue's hands. And each of them will strike out at you with their frosty wolf's teeth. Sounds kind of like a cool beer.
1: (laughs)
2: Frosty wolf's teeth. Coming soon to Freya Tavern in Canby.
0: All right. The first one is coming at Halifon with his horrid gnaw. Ooh, hello. That is a 23 to hit.
2: Uh, yeah, actually. Nito, Believe it or not. I do believe it. That would have hit r That's
0: true. <laughs> Something I rarely did in my career. <laughs> you take eight piercing and five cold damage. Okay. This one's coming in at Gaspar with a snapping cold teeth.
1: Crack open a can of tea. Another 23. That does it. Wonderful.
0: Uh, you take six piercing and four cold damage. And last but not least is the one attacking penny. That is a 17. Ouch. That hits.
4: Yeah, it's exactly my armor class. Hooray.
0: Wow, man. Apparently DMing just for one episode makes it so I can actually roll yeah, okay. what a
2: strong opening
0: Damn. Spell, uh, you take 10 piercing, six cold. Ye-hey. I'll say. Are you using your player dice, you son of a bitch? <laughs> Sorry, I got a whole mess of dice in this box. Wait, are you rolling d4s? I'm using Iavos's dice because this is Iavos's That's challenge.
4: Fair. Oh, yeah, fair.
3: All right.
0: Um, next in the initiative is Gaspar.
3: They're moving in our shadows. Shall we go shoulder to shoulder, basking in the light?
2: I can't move my legs, but you two get close to the light. I've got my own source.
3: Don't worry, I have you. I'm going to grab Halophon.
4: Mm -hmm.
3: I think if I take the disengage action, I can still make it pretty much between the statues, a half movement dragging Haliphon.
0: 15. You'll have to to roll me in athletics because he's a heavy boy and there's more than just fear keeping his feet seized to the ground.
3: Oh, it's more than fear. This is a disadvantage. I like it. That is a 17 or a 16 plus four.
0: Okay, uh, you do manage to drag Hal a ways forward, getting closer to the statues.
3: And as I drag him, I'm making sure that he is, like, if I can direct his facing. No? <laughs> you're, you're doing your best to oh, just
0: okay. get his body moving forward. When, while you do disengage and protect yourself from any attacks of opportunity, Hal's going to suffer one from the creature that is behind him.
2: <laughs> like, pointing me like a flashlight. That's a hit. Uh oh. Oh boy. Uh, that
0: is five piercing. And four cold.
3: All right. Since manipulating Halifon's field of view is difficult, Gaspar will just cover the direction he is not facing.
0: Okay. Very good. That brings us to Penny.
4: Okay. I am very low on hit points. So Penny is going to reflexively drop a second level healing word on herself. Smart. Mm -hmm. Ooh. That was a max. Okay, so Penny heals for 11 points, bringing her up to an even 20. So hopefully that keeps her up for one more round. Very good. Okay, and with my standard action, I am going to disengage. Mm-hmm. I'm going to move up behind Halifon okay. and turn around so I'm facing the creatures.
0: Nice. Very, very good. That brings us to Halifon's turn.
2: Hal is going to tighten his left hand on his halberd, close his right fist, and start encanting a spell, which I'm going to hold until something gets within melee range of me. Okay. And I can't move because my speed is zero, so that'll be it for Halifon.
0: Correct. Okay. That brings us back to the Batty bads, the Blackwood terrors.
2: Batty McBads.
0: At the beginning of their turn, you are no longer restrained. Okay, cool. The three that Penny are facing seem to have a difficult time moving. Like, they want to teleport behind you, but your field of view is inhibiting their movement quite a bit. Um, They can move naturally, but only a tiny bit, unless they get to use their unseen teleportation. So, the one that is within five feet of Gaspar is going to slither out from behind the statue, because their speed is only five feet, unless they're teleporting. And the ones that are facing Penny are just going to start slithering forward. So of the three Penny are facing, one of them slithers up to be in base contact with her. The other two don't have enough speed, but they begin creeping forward as if frightened by your gaze. The one that arches around the statue lashes out at Gaspar, and the others just creep forward like drifting shadows. Once again, Ayavos's voice catches the wind and fills your ears. Their skin is made of pure deceit. Your tools are harmless to the horde, but truths can find a vital point. A secret spoke will break the ward. And these two are going to lash out. One at a penny with, I think that's a miss of the 15. You bring up your shield and feel the clattering of iron teeth against it and feel the cold creeping through the metal into your arm from the bite. But you block the blow. And Gaspar, the one coming at you, slithers like a shadow on the ground, leaping upward. Bojow, that's a miss on you. You cover yourself with the corner of the statue and its teeth impact with the impenetrable stone. As they slowly creep towards you, that brings us to Gaspar's turn.
3: They are extremely slow while we are watching them. Gaspar begins taking extreme evasive maneuvers, telling the other two, I do not have secrets that I am allowed to give. And I take the dodge action.
0: Okay.
4: Next in the initiative is Penny. For a moment... Penny seems to mull over this clue that was spoken aloud by Iavos. She looks up at the creature directly before her, the one that just tried to attack her, and she whispers into the open air, Penelope is not my true name, mm. and drives Zylos into this creature.
0: Ooh.
4: Ooh! Roll with advantage, please. Middling damage, but still 10 points against Zillow's chosen enemy. All right.
0: As your blade penetrates this strangely soft fur pelt fabric, it slashes through, and the drape falls to the ground as swarming insects fly into the woods. And the cloak begins to dissolve underneath, leaving nothing behind but frosted iron teeth. That brings us to Halifon.
2: Hal is going to see Penny behind him and the two converging on her on either side. Put my hand on her shoulder, and if I may, can I swap places with Penny and then push her like five feet farther towards Gaspar?
0: If Penny does not fight you in this, it's very easy to do so with your movement. Okay.
2: Whoop. And then I will take one more step forward so that I'm directly between the two. Okay. Which should leave Penny more than 10 feet away from me.
0: Uh, if you move forward, yes, that's
2: yeah. Now in position with Penny at a safe distance away, Hal will say, I've never actually sat all the way through the Battle of the Beacon. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it is kind of a slog.
2: <laughs> and then I activate my Asamar Radiant Consumption ability mm. and become a beacon as his tattoos flare, his eyes flare, his... Suggestion of radiant wings erupt in fire behind him and light blazes off of him, engulfing him and both of the shadow creatures that are within 10 feet of him, stopping just shy of engulfing Penny in radiant fire.
0: All right. Any kind of save against that or is it just automatic?
2: It is just automatic. Anything within 10 feet of me and me take radiant damage at the end of my turn.
0: How much do they take?
2: They take half my level, which is two.
0: All right. Since you have spoken a secret, it hurts them quite a bit. As this light fills this clearing, a true light, not this sad, desperate blue emitting from the statues, the creatures recoil. They begin to turn away from you. They have sunlight sensitivity. And in doing so, for a moment, you illuminate the woods behind you and around the clearing And you see hundreds and hundreds of their brethren watching, humming a low, dissonant minor chord, waiting for you to fall, to move in and feed. So those two are both going to move away from Halifon and back into the shadows of the trees to join their brethren. That brings us to the top of the initiative. Once more, Iavos' voice fills your ears. Two lovers lost to graven stone, with empty hands and hungry hearts. They reach to break their curse alone. If loving bonds bridge gaps apart. That makes it Gaspar's turn.
3: Hal, we need you back here. We have to connect the two statues. We have to hold hands.
2: Got it. I'll get in position. Stay close to me. It'll burn you a bit, but I don't know how close they can get with the fire.
3: I have to get rid of this shadow first. Team, when we play Quintopoli... I steal money from the bank. <laughs> I think that cheating is part of the game. It's not in the rule book, but I do. He said
4: a secret, Gaspar.
3: <laughs> Hal doesn't know.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's true. I'm. I like it. It's a, it's a very Gaspar secret.
2: Mm-hmm. I like. I it like. Is. I like the Hal doesn't know. I also like too. the callback
0: to Quintopoli. <laughs> so you feel a weak amount of strength come from your minor secret, but something that lands. The creature recoils confused at your words
3: with the same technique that he uses to pocket coins and bills from the quintopoly board game he draws the saber across the shadow behind his back as it dodges away and then stabs it with his offhand before it can move once again
0: sure see that attack roll
3: that is a 15 to hit That hits. How much you deal? I'm dealing. Penny is adjacent to it. 21
0: points of damage. Wow. So your saber finds a hole in the thick wolf fur. And like a balloon letting out air, insects swarm into the sky. And the moment they come in contact with Halifon's light, they almost physically get forced away and disappear into the branches up above.
3: I'm going to step in between the two statues, Mm -hmm. grab the hand. And gesture for Hal and Penny to join me in between them to fill in the last 10 feet.
0: Right. And as you see Gaspar grab the hand of the statue, the blue light disappears and reappears in your other hand, emitting gently from your palm. That makes it Penny's turn.
4: Penny turns on heel and moves towards the other statue opposite Gaspar. As she moves into that space, she speaks a secret... And slashes with Zillow's. Do y'all remember when we first moved in together and the broom went missing? I ate it. I didn't know what it was.
0: You in the handle? (laughs) (laughs) You have advantage on your attack roll. (laughs) Thank you. Twelve. Twelve is more than enough to return this creature of fur, shadow, and insect to the dark home it came from. Oh,
4: thank goodness. Six was my better (laughs) roll. This is going to do a shit lot of damage. And by that I mean (laughs) twelve. Still enough. The most disconcerting
0: thing, not the feeling of impacting through this strange dangling fabric or stabbing through countless insects, is the missing piece of the harmony now that this
4: creature is destroyed, like an incomplete scale. In the final moments of my turn, I will take the hand of this statue and reach out my other hand into the empty space awaiting Halifon. As you sheath Zilos and grab the hand, the blue passes
0: through your body and emits from your far palm, almost reflected outward from the surface of your shield. That makes it Hal's turn.
2: Okay. Do I have a clear path to get to the two of them?
0: You do. There is with five feet between you and the creatures on each side of you, so they are not adjacent.
2: Nifty. Hal is going to draw the chivalric edge, Mm -hmm. speak the command word so that it blazes with the light cantrip, Mm -hmm. stab it into the ground where I'm standing to leave this beacon of light here, and then running up to where the other two are, I'm going to grab each of their hands and bridge the gap between these statues.
0: All right. And with the words serve thy liege in honor and faith. A new kind of light fills the clearing, pushing the creatures further back, terrifying the one singing off in the shadows. And the blue light converges in hell. And the three of you feel something wash through you like an unseen wave of healing magic. You see yourself as you are. You have looked at your truth in the face and the love that flows from one statue to the next, bridged by your kinship, a conduit for their lost passion, has washed you clean of the sorrow, injury, and weariness of the black wood. It feels like a tiny light is lit inside of you, purging you of a small part of the darkness inside, as to a light in the hearts of the black wood, pushing back the terrors into the unseen, and making things right in this sacred place, for a time at least. The illusion fades... You are back on the training room floor, hand in hand, and you see Ayavos as he wipes away a tear of joy. I hope this message finds you quickly. As for your well-being, that's irrelevant to me. It is done. I have checked in on him. First, I should make it very clear that I am not now, nor will I ever be yours or anyone else's personal message boy, or scout for that matter. As to the report, he is fine. He is happy and flourishing, despite your best efforts to ensure otherwise. Breaking his spirit is like trying to drown a fish. If you want my personal advice, leave him alone. You like to pretend you are, but that's far from the truth. Leave him alone. You don't deserve him, and he certainly doesn't deserve you. Be done with it. And just a word of warning, I am going to keep my eye on him, for me. I'll know when a line has been crossed, and rest assured, I will correct it if I'm able. Have a good season. No regards, Warren Rustborough. Hot damn episode!
1: Episode. Beautiful, I did it. Beautiful, proud dad. We did a live.
0: Zach is dying.
2: I keep falling asleep. Zach is a sleepy dungeon boy.
0: There is a downside to passing off the DM mantle (laughs) and having nothing to do for the last hour. (laughs) Yeah,
2: and not getting any sleep. All right, I'm rolling a d4 for outro. Right? Do it up. Sounds perfect. It's three, which I think makes it law.
0: All right. Yeah, that would be uh, that would be math. All right, everyone. Thank you for listening to this fun guest player DM DM player guest scenario. Um, let's take it around the table to introduce our players, who you already know and love.
2: Starting with me, Michael Loving. I play Halifon, Orison Jr. Hallison Orifon Jr. the Asamarr Paladin and Barbarian. Although I used more Paladin abilities this round. That's true. Yeah. I am also going to be co-DMing a Medifius 2d20 Star Trek Adventures podcast 12 I think it'll be a 12 part mini series with Aram Vartian sometime this year mm. cuz it's 2022 now everybody Nebulous Yeah It will be
0: when this episode comes out that's true
2: Exactly That's me
3: I'm Angelo Calug I do not cheat in Monopoly <laughs> I play Gaspar <laughs> the headless rogue the phantom subclass who cheats in Quintopoly
0: and Monopoly is a fucking shit game anyway. Like, do whatever you want. You oh
3: know. yeah, it's there's forced. some dirty deals that happen, and people hated. 4D. But it ain't cheating. It's just imagine? a bad game. <laughs> You're right. It has it has a fatal flaw. The it's meta is probably crazy. one
4: of the worst board games ever made. You're right. God, one hundred percent agree.
3: This is Dana Ebert.
4: I think this is going to air in either late December or early January. But if it is still in that time frame, sometime in January. 2022. I'm doing some giveaways on Twitter for some fun stuff. That Twitter is Mistress Dana RPG. Yeah, come come check me out. Come try to get these giveaways. I'll hand it over to La. Uh,
0: my name's La. I played Iavos Isadora, the voice on the wind in the dark wood, and creative director of Slapdash.
1: I'm Zach Marcus, Dungeon Boy and Technical Director for Slapdash Studios. I also want to thank Sam Hediger the editor, for editing this episode and uh, Bree Golden for their work as a map maker, maker, though this map was purely the work of law. I couldn't find my plastic trees. But
0: yeah, if you want to find out more about the cast, visit leq.com and go to the tab that is listed for the actors. They have personal links to their Ko-Fi, I believe, or I'm Sorry. Or the, what's the name of the page? Linktree. tree. That's what I couldn't remember. There is a coffee link on my. Some of them Linktree. probably do. Yeah. There's also social media and things. So yeah, that's a great way to find out more about the actors. Check out the new website. It's very cool. We also have giveaways happening. So hopefully you're involved in those. Join the Discord. It's the best. And Play of the game. Oh, shit. Oh, MVP. oh, balls. We can actually do that this time. Hey. So who do you think was the MVP who did, who done the most, who, who did a good thing, who was.
3: I say MVP goes to Penny for foreshadowing the hand-holding being the secret of this.
0: Mm, um, I do dungeon. like, I, when like, you guys were doing that, I tried to keep a
3: poker face, but I was like, like oh, they're doing it. Hooray. That was a really fun little happy accident. It's like I always knew who he was building the dungeon for. Himself. I feel like that's the play of the game. That's, that's some strategy stuff. That's
1: that's thinking ahead. What about that's MVP? Fair,
4: that's fair. MVP, I'm going to give to uh, Halifon for, I think, not drawing any shit cards.
2: No, I drew one. I had to give up my ability to reckless attack. I drew mm-hmm. a power card.
0: Also, incorporating two different light sources into this fight did keep a lot of them at bay. Yeah. yeah that's very yeah. helpful.
2: I actually had one more I could have invoked, too, that I realized. My, my held action, by the way, was to cast light on one of them ah. and turn it into light, and then none of them got close enough for me to do it.
0: Unfortunately, it did not fit in the turn economy.
2: That's all right. It happens.
0: It sure does. That's the risk of holding your action. It
2: certainly is.
0: Well, you've heard the news. We've snuck that in at the last minute because I almost forgot. But until next time, we wish you luck.